Hey guys, I'm here. Guys and gals, I just wanted to marinate in the song. Just like let it chill. I'm I'm actually here. I bet you're all, wait, why isn't he coming in yet? I know there's at least one of you that was like, wait, did he record the podcast? I'm here, everybody. What's up? It's the Applebits XL episode 91. We are creeping up on 100. That is crazy to me. It's everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Brian Tong, your host. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome. This week, Look, there wasn't too many things, but then all of a sudden on Friday, things started popping. Apple announced a new product, which we will talk about this week. Might not be the one you thought of. AirPods Pros? Are they going to make it by the end of October? And then also iOS 13. It's got some bugaboos. So before we get to all of that, remember, we got to cover a couple things of business. To be a part of this show, and you guys and gals have called in and you are fierce now, when I encourage you, you all respond. Call in the show by recording a voice memo applebitsshow at gmail.com, applebits with a Z. I love, like, when I listen to all these calls, we have a pretty crazy diverse crowd. The only thing that I'm looking for, we need some ladies to call in. Question, comment, response. I'm just saying, let's mix it up a little bit. And also, to be a part of the show, it's independently sponsored by you all. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is the way to do it. It starts at $2 a month. And the biggest benefits, we'll get into them later, a completely ad-free version of the show where you don't hear any of this, which is great. All right, so let's just jump right into it. The first big story of the day, I guess. We're recording this as of Friday morning. A new report says that AirPods Pros potentially to launch at the end of October with the rumored new design new noise-canceling feature, and a $260 price tag. This is according to claims from a new Chinese report. China Economic Daily is the source. Now we have here what's interesting, the price tag. All right, first of all, let's talk about that. $260, which would be basically $259, which would be $100 more expensive than the current standard AirPods. And once again... Pro doesn't mean it's pro, it's for professionals. Pro means it's their most expensive model because we're going to get, we saw the leaked icons and graphics of what the actual AirPods would look like. They were leaked inside of iOS 13 in the beta, which actually confirmed an earlier leak of the shells of what was rumored to be the next-gen AirPods, but people didn't believe it because they look so different from the current AirPods. They're a little smaller, they're more angular. The earbuds themselves are bigger. They have kind of a rubberized tip, and that's going to make sense because you're going to need that for noise cancellation. But the report again says that we could see them, or they're saying that they're going to launch at the end of October. Right now, we have what? It is October the 18th, so we have 12 days to go. Apple did not send out any kind of invite for an Apple event, which they typically have... Over the past two or three years, they've typically sent out an invite this current week so that there would be an Apple event the next week, which means we're not going to see an Apple event next week, which means will we see an Apple event on that last week to the beginning of November, or is Apple just not going to do an event at all? We're going to find out, but the AirPods have pretty much been confirmed. Their design, their look and feel, it's no surprise anymore. But we know what to expect. Other rumors were not only not only were they going to get noise canceling, but better waterproofing. At one point in time, there were rumors that it would have some sort of biometric sensing, maybe being able to sense your heart rate through your ears by making contact to a surface. It doesn't look like they'll get any additional touch controls. 
But what do you think? Based on where you're at with headphones, earbuds, whether you have AirPods or not, AirPods Pro for 260 knowing what we know, would you do that? Call on the show, applebitsshow at gmail.com. Record the voice memo. Would love to hear from you. Okay, let's keep on jumping and keep on rolling. Another leak, this time coming out from macOS, Catalina Maclos Catalina. 10.15.1's beta French blog Mac generation has discovered what they believe to be the two icons in iOS 10.15.1 that represent not only the current 15-inch MacBook Pro, but an asset with slightly thinner bezels and is slightly larger that looks similar to the 15-inch MacBook Pro that has to be the 16-inch MacBook Pro with both of the actual file names following the same pattern and referencing a 16-inch display. It looks what like what we expect, a similar body, a little bigger screen, and a little slimmer bezels, and it's a 16-inch MacBook Pro. There's no word on what the actual internal specs could be inside of it. It's expected to feature a 3072 by 1920 resolution, powered by Intel's ninth-generation Coffee Lake refreshed processors, so that could mean that these notebooks would be configurable with up to an 8-core i9 processor, which would match the current 15-inch MacBook Pros and would absolutely make sense to do so as well. So when I look at this and hear this, what do we have now? We have AirPods Pro and 16-inch MacBook Pro and then the potential announcement of the new Mac Pros with the XDR display. Is that enough for a keynote? I would say yes, absolutely. But let's just play around with this idea. That it doesn't, there's no mention still other than Ming Chi Kuo saying, hey, iPad Pros, the current ones you expected to see this year to be pushed out to early first quarter of 2020. Do we need, do we need an actual announcement? I think if they're doing a 16-inch MacBook Pro and AirPods, they might, they could kind of throw us for a curveball because it's the holiday season, because it's getting late in the year. What if they're just online announcements? What? Because two products, two products that we haven't seen, and then one product that we know that they just need to announce the configuration, unless they do something really different and new from the software, that might be arguably Apple's shortest keynote. They will, they could throw in some Apple TV Plus stuff, but the service will be out November 1st. It's not like they're going to throw us any new surprises there. So I'm thinking, now my gut is telling me, hey, this could all change next week. If they throw us an announcement next week, fine. There'll be a keynote event. But I'm leaning towards online announcements. That's what, especially with the new Mac Pro, since they already showcased it. That's what I'm leaning towards. Who knows? All right. Apple introduced a new product. So we wanted AirPods Pro. We want iPad Pro. We want new Mac Pro. We want new 16-inch MacBook Pro. Well, so far, you're going to get none of that. You're going to get absolutely none of that. But Apple did introduce a new product this week, the $299 Beats Solo Pro Headphones. Foins? Can I talk? The new Beats Solo Pro Headphones with noise cancellation. They also fold up just like you'd expect the Beats Solo 2. Here's what I find really interesting. Now, these are Apple's first on-ear headphones 
with active noise cancellation. Now you have to make this distinction. There's a difference between on-ear, which are headphones that rest on the ear versus over-the-ear headphones that completely cup off your ear. So those would be ones like Bose QC35, QC35 twos, the Sony uh, 1000 XM3s, the Beats Studio Wireless. Those are over the ear and have noise canceling. These are on ear with active noise canceling. That is a first from Apple. Now they'll feature their proprietary Beats noise canceling technology. They call it Pure ANC, audio noise canceling. Also, these headphones will have battery life listed up to 22 hours. And then this transparency feature that allows you to turn on the external microphone so you can hear announcements, talk to friends, kind of be more aware of your surroundings without pausing the music playback. So there's like a button on one of the ear cups to switch between the modes. It has up to 40 hours of battery life if you don't use any of the noise canceling features and the transparency feature. Also, there's a fast charge. If you plug them in for 10 minutes, you get three hours of playback and they fold up. Interesting. I, here's the thing. Unless something has changed, uh, Beats have always been super, super heavy on the bass, and the mids sound muddy, and the highs don't sound that great. I think Beats historically, because they come from a hip-hop DNA, right? Dr. Dre, Jimmy Iovine, they built that company, um, and their tuning, it was really tuned more to Dr. Dre's ears. So, that DNA has held true. They haven't really changed the sound quality or their approach to it. Maybe this year they have, but they are still typically more bass heavy. The other big technology piece inside these headphones, there are not only beamforming microphones and an updated speech detecting accelerometer, but it includes the H1 chip. And obviously this is kind of that big next generation chip for all Apple audio products. It has enhanced voice recognition for a hands-free Siri functionality. It also gives you the ability for audio sharing. So that allows iOS 13, just unlocked and new feature in iOS 13, to connect easily to two headphones or earphones at once. We've seen this with AirPods that have the H1 and then also now audio sharing with the Beats Solo Pro. So that's something that you could expect to see rolling out in all future Apple headphones. So being able to share wirelessly between like the Solo Pro and other Beats and AirPods, even with H1 or W1 chips, that is all kind of part of this. So again, $299. Pre-orders are open now. The headphones will be available on October the 30th. Multiple colors, black, ivory, gray, dark blue, light blue, and red. Interesting. Again, not the product y'all wanted to see, but hey, uh, it's a product. Also, for all of you that are on Roku devices, have Roku TVs, uh, or TVs that run the Roku operating system. That would be like TCL. Uh, I believe Hisense does it as well. Um, you have multiple TVs that do this. I could be wrong. I, I, I swear, maybe I'm wrong with Hisense. Okay, whatever. Correct me. Call it a bad Apple. Whatever. We're moving on. The Apple TV app is now available on Roku devices. Now, it won't be available on some select older, older Roku models, whether it's sticks or streaming boxes. But the Apple TV app can now be downloaded um, through the Roku Channel Store. And also because of this, once Apple rolls out their Apple TV Plus service that will be in the Apple TV app, you'll be able to watch all of their new content starting November the 1st. So right now, Apple TV Plus will be available to through the TV app that just got announced to be available on Roku platforms. Also, obviously, 
on your Apple hardware like the iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, any Mac, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV. You have some select 2018 and newer Samsung smart TVs, some select LG, Sony, and Vizio smart TVs that are coming in the future. They haven't officially rolled those out. But also, you can even check out Apple TV Plus on just a web browser, tv.apple.com, which opens it up to Microsoft products, Google products. So they're really, again, they have to be, this finally has told them to take down their walled garden if they want this service to succeed. The jury is still going to be out on it. Remember, if you bought any Apple product pretty much other than the Apple Watch, you're going to get a one-year free free subscription to the service and it's going to be interesting to see how that all, how that all plays out a single account can be shared with five additional family members so basically six people total and it'll be priced at 4.99 per month not bad but again it's all about the shows apple's also really confident in some of their shows that they have renewed a second season for the space drama for all mankind that's the one that i'm probably the most curious about the morning show was locked in for a two-season deal so it hasn't been confirmed if there's going to be any additional ones but that was the original contract but all for all mankind it's getting a second season there's also talks to extend some of their other shows and quite honestly if these shows are worthy and they're again i'm not gonna pay for it like once I heard that it was free. I, I opened my mind up to like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try these shows now. But before then, I was absolutely, there's no way you're going to get me to pay an additional $5 a month for the streaming service. Especially, and you know how much I love it, with Disney Plus coming on November the 12th. In fact, I don't know if you saw this, but Disney Plus had a crazy Twitter account, like just bum rush of content where they were literally posting every single piece of content that's going to be available on November the 12th. If you want to even look it up for fun, they even did a YouTube trailer of all the pieces of content that's going to be available day one on their service. Um, It was three hours long. So we know that not only will we see a lot of legacy stuff, Marvel properties, Pixar Disney, National Geographic, um, Star Wars, all that content. And uh, even The Mandalorian with its eight-episode run, that is that, that trailer looks so amazing. I don't know. It was just a no-brainer for me. At least I love that content. But not everyone does. I've seen comments on my uh, everything you need to know about Apple TV+. And they're actually happy that it's going to stay away from the mature content. And they're looking for dramas that don't have to have cussing or foul language or you know overt sexual content and things of that so i think it showed me that it's not an overwhelming majority but there are definitely plenty of viewers and also people that have families that want to watch dramas that don't have to go in certain places the places that i really enjoy all right also coming up coming soon we have been waiting forever at least i have For Photoshop on the iPad. Now, Adobe has been beta testing this, but here's the funny thing. Beta testers have been complaining that Photoshop for iPad is severely lacking. Now, Adobe had to actually make a public response to these complaints after articles were saying, hey, uh, beta testers aren't liking and they're calling it very rudimentary. They're pretty much blasting iPad on or Photoshop on iPad. But Adobe 
then went out publicly and countered and said that the beta doesn't include a lot of the features that will be in the shipping version and that the company will plan to continuously roll out some of the features you expect as they develop the app. Now, feature-wise, it's not going to be on day one match exactly what the computer does. There, Adobe even said, hey, look, we're, we're building off of 25 years of features and legacy, and we can't just throw that all on day one on the iPad. It wouldn't serve our customers the best and really get the needs they have. So I'm really more curious which actual features will they have because um, we know Affinity Photo is a beast, and if Photoshop on the iPad doesn't come out that strong, and I, I, I actually expect they will. I mean, they showed it off, what, over a year ago. We still haven't seen it yet. I really hope that it makes it in this holiday season. I think you're going to start seeing a lot of people maybe just be like, hey, you know what? All right, Affinity Photo is the one to go. I can do this on my desktop. I can do it on my mobile devices, and it's really good. We will find out more. Adobe has their yearly conference called Adobe Max, uh, November 4th through 6th. It'll be held in Los Angeles, California. And so I'm sure that is when they will drop the real news of what's going on. Well, they better. <laughs> they better. I mean, it's Photoshop for the iPad. This is their flagship product. So we'll see what happens at Adobe Max. All right. Thanks so much to the sponsor of the AppleBits XL, which is you. That's right. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you can support the show and all of my independent content. I'd be so grateful and thankful for it. I mean, I still do need your help. It starts at $2 per month. We got the $5 level, which is basically a cup of coffee per month. If I give you that value per month, we have $10, $25, the $100 platinum level. But the biggest advantage is here. There are bonuses at every level. Also, you get early access to my content, most of it, if not all. Also, completely ad-free version of the Apple Bits XL. You won't have to hear any of this stuff. And I did an interview with Tyler Florence. I'd love to hear what you thought about it because I'm going to start a secondary podcast that will be started part of this bundle that kind of covers and talks to people outside of the app world specifically but just about tech and culture in general and it'll be a lot of cool different things that can kind of add to everything that i bring to the table so again thank you so much for sponsoring my show and this content at patreon.com slash brian tong all right we know that apple does like to put out press releases you know when when they're feeling in like a good mood they're feeling kind of braggy and boastful well, Apple posted that iOS 13 is now installed on over 50% of iPhones introduced in the last four years. The exact number is 55% of all iPhones in the last four years use iOS 13. They like to really show off, hey, this is our adoption rate because quite honestly, when you look at uh, Android and all of its different devices – I think sometimes once when they release the a new OS in the first week or two or even month, it's literally like less than a 4% adoption rate. I think at times it was somewhere like around 2% because there are so many versions of Android and that's one of the challenges they face of kind of all getting bored. There's also issues with carriers rolling out the upgrades at the same time. It It's hit on many levels. So Apple's like, hey, 55% of our phones in the last four years use iOS 13. People are updating. We are all good. But then they didn't talk about people that aren't all good. We've seen plenty of reports and complaints 
of issues that have come up, specifically it hurting people's battery life, dropped calls. Um, when I talk about dropped calls, I was just on a call with someone and it literally dropped. And it, whether we, we tried regular cellular, we did FaceTime audio over Wi-Fi and the call kept on dropping like maybe every 30 seconds to a minute. Sometimes we'd get a little good streak of like two or three minutes and it kept dropping. It wasn't on my end. It was most likely on their end. And I'm like, hey, did you update your iPhone recently? They're like, well, yeah, I did, but they haven't done the latest updates. It is it is a real thing that people are experiencing. Also, I got an email and call from Bob V who was asking about, hey, people that have the iPhone 11 Pro, there are a bunch of issues with connecting to 4G, LTE issues as well. Now, Apple's latest iOS 13.1.3 is out. Supposedly, it's supposed to resolve some of these issues. Some of the big issues came with iOS 13.1.2. But here's the thing also that, and it's been something that has just plagued Apple. And I think that, I guess I'm used to the idea of it. It's not even, it's not even a bad Apple, just kind of like pathetic and par for the course. But look, when a new phone comes out, if you have the new phone and you have the new software, more, normally most of the time, you're gonna be okay. But it's everyone that has earlier versions of the iPhone that typically have the most trouble. And look, Apple has released, they released iOS 13 on September the 19th. It is just about a month since then. Since that initial iOS 13, they have released three more additional updates in a month. And things still aren't fixed. It's a, I mean, it's a, it's frustrating if you're on the end of someone who's having issues because of all this. And it's like, Every week, there's a new update. Every week, there's a new update. You know what? I actually commend Apple for being diligent and doing this and getting on top of it, right? I mean, they're doing what the right thing, but there's still people that have that are having a lot of problems. And, you know, we've seen that Apple has seeded the third beta of iOS 13.2 and iPadOS 13.2 to developers. So right now, publicly, um, for the mainstream audience, we can use 13.1. It's technically 13.1.3 because there's been three additional updates from the original 13. They're on the third beta of iOS 13.2, which means they're doing a lot on that end. But again, it shows there's so typically iOS 13.1 came out two, three months after the initial iOS 13. That's how many issues and problems they're having that they had to make such a big drastic, by doing that delineation of, oh, this is not iOS 13.0.1, no. 13.1 means there's some severe things, whether they're security patches, um, emojis typically came in 13.1, but because clearly they've been having a lot more problems, they haven't even released the new emoji set yet. So it is frustrating for everyone. So I just hope that they get it done because um, I'm not, I'm I'm not I'm not on board with just how how lackadaisical the updates have been software wise right out of the gates with the new iPhone. I it's it is a sad Apple guys. You thought I was gonna put the sad trombone in there? Nah, I was absolutely gonna do it. All right, uh, just a quick some updates. I was recently I was in New York from Monday. Through Wednesday, I was actually uh, flown out by Google to cover the new Pixel 4, Pixel 4 XL, Pixel Buds, Pixel Book Go, um, and their new Nest products. So I got my hands on, I actually have a review unit right now, so I'm working on that Pixel 4 review. Um, you know, everyone, we're not going to dwell, really stick on this much, but 
it was a cool event and you could see what the Pixel's doing and what it's not doing and what it can do compared to the iPhone and what it can't. I think ultimately the Pixel's camera is really nice. The biggest thing, if you haven't heard, is that the Pixel 4 decided to use multiple cameras on the back. They have two now, but they went with the standard tele. They went with the standard lens that they had before, but then also an additional telephoto lens that has what they call like their super res zoom. It can get up to like 8x, and in it looks really nice. Like it's not a digital broken down fuzzy image, but they opted not to go with ultra wide. And they said, Hey, more people care about telephoto zoom than they do with wide angle. And the only reason I want to talk about it here is because I'd love to hear what you guys and gals think, because I think I wish that the iPhone had a better telephoto while also keeping the ultra wide. Uh, I think you can really come up with some really cool creative shots with the ultra wide lens. You saw that in the iPhone 11 Pro Old Town Road video that we made using the ultra wide lens at times. So, do you do what? How do you what do you prescribe to? Are you guys on board with we only need a really good telephoto lens, or you would actually prefer an ultra wide lens over a really good telephoto? Let's just pretend we can't have the best of both worlds because right now no phone really really does yet. So, would you rather take a telephoto over an ultra wide? Based on your experience with the current iPhone or maybe even other phones that have ultra-wide lenses, Samsung's Notes, Galaxies, and Notes have them, plenty of others, Huawei, uh, OnePlus, like just whatever your experience is, I'd like to hear it, applebitsshow at gmail.com. And then finally, before we get to our lovely calls, we had a bunch of them, the Goldman Sachs CEO is saying that the Apple card, the card that I've been rejected for in Every time I try, I haven't tried in like a couple of weeks because they said, oh, you're you're requesting it too much now that I've been rejected, even though my credit score is ridiculously high, as well as my credit debt is less than 2%, and I still can't get a card in. It sucks because I want to make this really cool, fun music video, and I can't right now until I get the damn card. Come on! Anyways, according to Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon, he says that the Apple card is their most successful credit card launch ever. Ever. You guys can count, can sign up for a card for Apple Card right in the wallet app on iOS. I think what's interesting about the Apple Card is there was so much buzz around it. It was exciting. There's so much buzz. And now I literally hear nothing about it. I don't hear anyone talking about it. I think most people got that titanium card and then they put it away. And that's it. And they have the Apple Card and when they happen to buy an Apple product, they'll just use the 3%. But I haven't heard anyone talk to me and say, oh my gosh, it's changed my life with how I view my finances. It's really helpful. I like how they manage payments. People aren't talking about that because they just aren't even using it as their primary card. They got it for the titanium card. I think most of you that are listening that did it, that got it, unlike me, are like, yeah, that's exactly what I did. I know that's what you did. I know. All right, let's get to our calls here. Remember to be a part of the show, applebitsshow at gmail.com. Applebits with a Z. We're going to start off with my man, Hafiz. Hi, Brian. Uh, this is Hafiz from Malaysia. Love the show, by the way. I'm here just to comment about uh, the design differences between Apple 11 and uh, the iPhone 11 and the Pixel 4. Just as a context, I'm a financial advisor where I meet people regularly to talk about their income, equities, etc, etc. 
in my line of work, uh, my first impression is very important. So my phone choices should provide a sense of success and impact to my clients. Uh, currently, Apple have two separate looks. One for the masses with all the color choices and the other one with the flash mat and the triple camera. While Google choose the same look for the normal and also the XL. At my job, I I believe I can't use the Google Pixel because it look too hippie or quote unquote trendy. You know, <laughs> that 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 color popping I, I, with the power button, different color. No, I I don't think I can do. I can use it. So, the the professional look of iPhone 11 Pro uh, will be my phone of choice, and in my opinion, it is the new business phone. Um, yeah, that's my thought. Thank you. Haviz, color. Color okay, color matters that much. Like I love, he's like it's like hip. I know he meant to say hipster. Like it's hipster. It could be hippie too, actually, because that orange color on the Google Pixel Four is very like retroy. Uh, could be a little psychedelic if you want to. It looks more like a melon, cantaloupe, coral retro color. It's not actually orange, orange, even though they call it oh so orange. So um, I guess that's made the decision for you, Javi's. It's too trendy. It's too too popping. I love it. All right. Let's go to our next call. Here comes Carson. Brian, it's your friend Carson from Memphis. I just wanted to say, love the show. Had a question for you that maybe could be expanded upon on the podcast. What are you expecting to see at this October event? If we have one, I would love, love, love to see a new MacBook Pro and maybe even a MacBook Pro that has the 5G modem in it. And, you know, of course, support for LTE as of now where, you know, you can be connected on the go. I would love this. The Surface Cough Cough has this already. And it makes me think about the Surface, honestly. I'm a big Mac person. I'm in the Apple ecosystem. I currently have an iPad that's connected to cellular that way, and I love it. And that would be something that would get me to swap back to Mac on the go. Right now I have a Mac desktop and then, uh, you know, an iPad in the bag. But what do you think is coming? Apple tags. I hear that Minchie Quo thinks we're not getting the new iPad Pros in October. But what do you think we'll see? Would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Bye. All right. It's my friend. It's my good friend, Carson. What's up, man? Um, Look, the thing about it is that we don't – We look, we don't know exactly. If, if they did want to come up with a substantial keynote we already talked about, if AirPods Pro are in place, if the 16-inch MacBook Pro are in place – you kind of need a third thing beyond just announcing the specs of the new Mac Pro. So maybe they finally do Apple tags. But look, you don't hear people clamoring for Apple tags. Like it's a cool add-on to the ecosystem. But do they need, this is the thing, Apple's ecosystem, they can ride it out. They've ridden it out for as long as they can. They have this user base that does buy what they offer and say, hey guys, this is our new stuff. They're, they're just not in any rush. Apple has never shown us, at least over the past two or three years specifically, maybe even three to five years, really more over Tim Cook's reign, that they're in a rush to do anything. For example, the AirPower mat. Now, they held off on releasing the latest AirPods, which are really more like AirPods 1.5, because they were like trying to take their time to finish their AirPower mat so that they could release the wireless AirPods case with the air power mat. And now if they were on tighter deadlines and they needed to get this product out, they would have got they would have at least released the AirPods early and would have said, hey, we'll wait it out and get the air power done. They couldn't solve the air power. So the AirPo- AirPods 1.5 came out like 
what, almost a year and a half or two later instead of just a year later, which is normally what they would have done. And they didn't have to rush because people are still buying AirPods in droves. Remember the first gen, they were sold out everywhere for at least the first four months. It was crazy. So that would lead me to believe that Apple's not in a rush to do anything. And if they don't have more than two things that are solid to talk about at the keynote, I don't think they should do a keynote. I don't think they need to do a keynote. They can release a nice fancy video. They don't need to fly all these people out just because, although they can, and do a, do a keynote. I hope they do one because I think it's fun and I get to do fun shows and stuff around it. But um, if they do do one, I'm gonna say AirPods Pro, 16-inch MacBook Pro, new Mac Pro uh, configurations and pricing, and maybe they'll save tags for next year. We'll see. It's all speculation. That's that's why we do this. We're just all having fun, all right? Next call, Kyle. Hey, Brian. It's Kyle from Chicago. You're killing me, always saying Alexa in your podcasts. I have the Amazon Auto, and I'm trying to listen to your amazing show, and my Alexa stops it and asks what I need. Keep Keeping it real, Brian. Have a good one. Kyle, I think you said that buzzword to set off other people's devices because I've been doing it to you too, so many times. You use the A word and you enunciated it very clear. I, You know what? I'm going to make an effort to not use that word if I can so that I don't set off your devices, okay? But thank you for calling, Kyle. Alexa. <laughs> All right. Oh, let's get to the next call. Trevor's calling in. He wants to talk about the Apple Watch. Hey, Apple Bits. This is Trevor from Arizona. Brian, I just want to say you're wrong, Tong. The always-on display with the Apple Fi- with the Apple Watch 5 is a game-changer. At least it was for me. That was As soon as I heard that, I'm like, okay, this is, this is the year. I've never had an Apple Watch before. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try it out. Because um, that was the big thing that turned me off is, you know, the just... You'd see people with Apple Watches walking around, and it's just a blank computer screen on their wrist. I thought it looked so ugly. But even in the keynote, if you noticed, right after they announced the Apple 5, they, all the people after that had an Apple 5, or an Apple Watch 5 on their wrist. And just seeing the watch face, you're like, oh, look, now they have personality. Now they're not just a boring blank screen that's sitting on someone's wrist. You have personality. And... I've been wearing it for probably about a week now after I got one. And I want to say more than half of the time when I look at my watch, the screen doesn't activate. So I don't know how you don't notice a difference. I think maybe it's because you've worn another Apple Watch so much that you're conditioned to, to violently flipping your wrist all the time to activate the screen. Whereas me, I've never had an Apple Watch. I just wear normal watches. And I just glance down real quick. And most of the time when the screen does activate... I've already got all the information off the screen that I wanted to, and I turned my wrist away because I've already seen it. So I agree to disagree that the always-on display is a game-changer. Okay, I am all on board with anytime you all disagree with me or I get something right, you can just start off with, you're wrong, Tong. Trevor, you have just introduced something new to our culture of the show. You're wrong, Tong. Oh, I love it. I love it. But yes, Trevor, and if you really wanted to get personal with me, I do sometimes, on occasion, violently twist my wrist around, okay? Yes! 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 
all the young children just uh just skip that part all right all right last call coming oh no not last call we still got two more this one our boy k-star want to talk apple watch Yo, what's up, BTZ? This is KSR calling from Illinois. Yo, listen, I've been rocking the original Apple Watch since day one, dude. And this thing is still kicking. But I only get about 10 to 12 hours uh, of usage because I, I use it at the gym for like a half, uh, for like an hour and a half. And then I take it to work with me. But I've been wanting to upgrade. I just didn't want to put down that type of money because this stuff is getting expensive now. You know what I mean? So... Um, I was between the Fitbit Versa 2, which has the Amazon Alexa built in. Um, my house is outfitted with Amazon devices. Um, but I, I still ended up, I, I, I went, I saw your review for the, uh, the Series 5 and I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to go for it. So I went ahead and, and, and dropped the, the money down and I got me a, a Series 5. I love this thing, man. The always on display. Uh, I mean, it's something that you don't need, but when you have it, it's just cool to have. I get about 18 hours of usage. You know, I go to sleep with this thing. I wish it, it would uh, track my sleeping, but, you know, I'll figure that out uh, at another time. But I love this thing, man. I just wanted to share that with you. Um, anyway, uh, big ups, man. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good content. That music video was hilarious. And everyone, leave good comments, man. Funny comments on this guy's YouTube page, man. All right? Peace out. Funny comments. Always welcome. So we got two callers. We actually had a couple more, but they were saying similar things for their love for the Apple Watch Series 5. And I told you, it was a great device. It was worth the upgrade. But for someone like me, with the Apple Watch Series 4, it wasn't the way that I use it and the way that I violently just yank my wrist around. <laughs> uh, it's, I didn't need to upgrade from a 4 to 5. But I know plenty of people that have earlier versions that went to the 5. Uh, They're loving it. We haven't heard too many people complain about the battery life issues as much anymore. I know it was a big deal before. I still think in, uh, what is it, watchOS 6.1 is supposed to be the one that actually resolves some of those issues more. But I think there would have been a larger upswell of complaints. Again, part of what I said is that a lot of people, when you get a new software and you get a new device, you like to fiddle with it. You like to play with it a bunch. You like to see what it can or can't do. And those first three, four, five days, you're always like looking at it and you're always messing with it. Like You do end up using more battery juice. Um, in addition to me talking about how, yeah, certain watch faces are just brighter and they're going to use more battery juice um, even when they're on the, with the always-on display mode. So um, I think it started to kind of even out, but I'm I'm really happy that you guys love your Apple Watch Series 5 because to me, the Apple Watch Series 5, the Apple Watch period is, again, the most exciting product that Apple has going for it right now. And it is an amazing amazing tool and i just can't wait for the apple watch series 6 with a facetime camera <laughs> they're not going to do that will will they okay now ksar also talked about music video stuff so my man burham it was almost like you guys planned these calls together well let's just hear what burham had to say hey brian it's burham here from melbourne i wanted to share a little story uh with all the listeners of the apple bits show I was in an elevator shaft the other day and I heard a song as I was going up into this building and it reminded me of an old parody that you did on back in the CNET days, if I can share this with everyone. Here's a song. And now here's a song that you did as a parody. 
Absolutely love it, Brian. You are an absolute classic. Love your work. Keep it up. Burum. Burum always calls in from Australia. I, I, I said Burum at first, and that is not, I think the correct pronunciation should, is Burum. Burum. My man. Anyways, hey, thanks for uh, taking a little throwback. It's always fun, you know. That that comes from my old days growing up, listening to like just those classics, a little Motown love. I mean, that's the stylistics. Oh my gosh, the stylistics are just one of the most amazing groups of all time. Look them up for all you youngins that want to know what some, I'm going to say, a real music sounds like from back in the day. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks so much for calling in. Remember to be a part of the show, applebitsshow at gmail.com. Also, I kind of alluded to it, how I was going to start bringing some new content to the table. So we had Tyler Florence on, someone who's outside of the world of tech, who loves tech, who also deals with the influence of tech in their industry. So I'm working on a second podcast that, um, and I want to know if you guys want me to include it in the Apple Bits one or start kind of veering it into this other one that covers not just Apple, but just some of the tech and geek stuff that I cover outside of my Apple stuff because it's kind of like... I kind of covering a lot of things and it's just fun and it's more content. It's just an outlet to do. So let me know, even send a little note on the email, applebitsshow at gmail.com of what you think about that, what you'd prefer. And do you want me to do more different content? Do ya? Maybe you do. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much again. Thank you to all of the support. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is the way to support this show. Starting at $2 per month, different levels. And also, big thanks to the Platinum Apple supporters from Patreon at the $100 level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Jarrett Lewis, Calvin Fatakar. Thank you, thank you so much for your support. And for all of you that have supported in other ways, different levels, or can't at all right now, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. Put a little comment. Help bump it up in the algorithm because it helps let other people see this show and just kind of be part of the party. And then those people can call in and say, You're wrong, Tong. I don't know. I like that, Trevor. I really do. All right, everybody. Take it easy. We'll talk to you soon. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.